Welcome to PCOS and You, a podcast where we talk about everything related to polycystic ovary syndrome or PCOS. I'm your host Nidhi Singh, founder of PCOS Club India and PCOS Coach. Now in today's conversation, we are talking about hair loss. And we all agree as PCOS sisters that this is one of the hardest symptoms to manage and treat. Androgenic alopecia is one of such conditions where one can have severe hair loss and balding. PCOS can also affect after menopause. So it's not just like we're dealing it with today. But having tips and tricks to manage this condition over the years of life can be super helpful. Hair loss is one of the commonest symptoms of PCOS can affect approximately 40 to 70% of women. And it can occur due to high levels of testosterone and insulin and could be also various factors which we will talk about in our today's conversation. And today's guest is a hair growth queen of India, Dr. Stuti Shukla. She's one of the India's top dermatologists and globally acclaimed hair specialist. Her signature non-surgical hair growth booster treatment has been taken by many and has been accepted widely internationally as well. I welcome you, Dr. Stati, to today's show. Thank you so much, Nidhi. Pleasure to be associated with you for the PCOS uh, podcast of today. Uh, before we move ahead, uh, I want to make sure everybody who's listening to me, please subscribe my channel so that you never miss an episode uh, wherever we bring uh, about PCOS and uh, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. Now, uh, Dr. Stuti, while we were talking about, you know, hair fall in PCOS, uh, we wanted to talk about the different kinds of hair loss that we can see. Like we spoke about male pattern hair loss or female pattern hair loss. So what are the different types of patterns that you see in PCOS and how does one identify this? So this is really a great question. So the most commonest type of uh, hair loss issue, which I usually see in patients who are suffering from PCOS, is female pattern hair loss issue. And this is very different from male pattern hair loss issue. Okay. It's very important to Mm -hmm. identify it. Out of like the 100 patients I see, 99 patients who have like, you know, pattern hair loss would be suffering from female pattern hair loss issue. And to see male pattern hair loss issue... Amongst uh, patients who are suffering, PCOS is very rare and very unlikely, though it definitely exists. So it's very important for females to know about female pattern hair loss issues. Okay, so basically female pattern hair loss issue, uh, the first cardinal sign is that you start seeing that the mid partition starts getting more and more widened. So Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, mid partition, which is usually very narrow in females, Uh, it starts getting more and more wider. So Mm -hmm. that is the red flag. The moment you see it, you should actually get alert and you should start, you know, seeking options, consulting dermatologist. Because, you know, some patients, it's very from person to person. Sometimes it might might take like years to progress. Sometimes it might, you know, within few months it can get worse. So which is why identifying it is very important. Now, coming to male pattern baldness, unlike, you know, where the may, uh, in female pattern hair loss issue, where the mid partition starts getting more and more wider. And, you know, in female pattern hair loss issue, mostly the crown area is involved. But mm. 
in male pattern baldness the first thing you would see is that your forehead would start becoming bigger or your hairline would start receding like how you see in males the hmm. kind of balding you see in males that you know the front area starts getting receded the side areas that is the triangle they start getting more and more visible so hmm. yes the forehead gets bigger and wider in male pattern baldness versus female pattern hair loss issue wherein the crown area is majorly affected the mid partition starts getting wider and as i said like female pattern hair loss is more common uh, than ma- uh, male pattern baldness understood so dr stuti uh, in pcos we know that most of the uh, people that have pcos are uh, having insulin resistance so in your opinion and in your practice uh what are the different reasons for pcos hair loss are there any other reasons apart from the insulin resistance yes of course insulin resistance is seen very commonly amongst the patients with uh, suffering from pcos but apart from that there are many other causes number one being hyperandrogenemia that is your androgen level are on a higher side as all of us know that all females have uh you know male as well as female hormones in the body so there is testosterone in me- female body also sometimes there could be fluctuation in those uh, androgen level they could be on a higher side which leads to pcos so this is number one reason apart from that sometimes the cortisol levels you know the stress hormone is mm-hmm. called the cortisol level sometimes when your cortisol level is released on a higher side or your when your circadian rhythm is affected that would mm-hmm. be another reason so there is cortisol related pcos also because of mm-hmm. which the hormones can actually go haywire so this mm-hmm. is another reason sometimes there is like you know estrogen and uh, uh, because of which you know fsh and lhs are also Uh, affected mm-hmm. badly so that could also lead to pcos so there are various types of pcos there are various reasons for pcos and yes insulin resistance is commonly seen in patients uh, there could be many signs and symptoms associated with all of these absolutely and i think something to also understand for the listeners is that uh, we are talking about pcos definitely in this conversation but what i have also seen while um, you know um, in the community while we do the pcos coaching as well that in the diagnosis part there are a lot of people who might have other hormonal issues alongside which might cause their hair loss uh, i would like to know your opinion as well say some may have like hyperprolactinemia or thyroid issues so it doesn't mean that it's just one thing it could be a lot of contributing factors since pcos is so complex uh, so i think that's also something for people to consider nidhi this is a great question and i so much so i mean i have been seeing all of this in my practice and great that you actually asked this question and uh, i'm happy that you discuss all these things in your community because you know uh, this is something which was never discussed or which was never thought about earlier but practically mm-hmm. when we see the patients it's pretty much there hyperprolactinemia mm-hmm. is such a common issue and i tell you like you know people know that thyroid causes a lot of baldness it causes a lot of hair fall issue 
but also prolactin it is number one cause for hair loss especially when females have very resistant kind of hair fall issue and they don't know what to do anything and they're just losing hair perennially then hyper prolactinemia is the cause when i find you know try to investigate in my patients most of the times i find that you know prolactin is no is on a higher side so yeah. yes prolactin is there and then of course when we talk about thyroid issues also sometimes mm. the thyroid profile might appear completely absolutely normal the tsh mm. level could be like well within the range okay the t3 mm. t4 could look normal but then mm. when you do the antibodies like mm. you do the anti thyroid peroxide uh, antibody when you do the anti thyroglobulin antibodies anti microsomal antibodies then you'll come to know that oh it's on mm. a higher side so yes there are so many factors when we talk about pcos mm. it is really very complex to understand not just for the patients but for the doctors also because there are so many hormones which are associated and one hormone could affect the other hormone i was speaking to one girl yesterday and she told me i saw her blood profile and everything was absolutely normal and then i told her that you need to do certain investigation for your adrenal glands also and mm. when we actually saw the androstenedione was on a higher side so this is again very rare to see the, that hormone on a higher side but she was not you know conventionally showing any sign or symptoms or she was not having other hormones which were uh, you know disrupted so this was the only hormone but actually it is a very important hormone so yeah. yes there are so many things we usually talk about fsh lh and then testosterone mm. estrogen progesterone but pcos is really complex <laughs> absolutely and i talk about this in almost every of my episode wonderful wonderful uh, that you do because uh, it, you know when as a person who is going through pcos right uh, the patient will go to the dermatologist and they would ask questions about the hair uh because the specialization as such and the time that you can give as a specialist uh will be only so much that you may not I get agree. all the answers and we as patients have to join the dots and ask the right question you may need to see maybe an endocrinologist to get more questions what the answers you may get from say dr stuti and maybe connect that back and say you know think about what your gynecologist say so uh people may not understand this but it is so important to connect the dots and meet the specialist because gynecologist is somebody who can help you but if you're not getting the answers then you will have to go to an endocrinologist if you want specialization for your hair and skin you will have to see a dermatologist so uh something to always remind uh, my listeners but this is really helpful before we talk about the treatments dr stuti can you talk about uh when when a patient is going through a hair fall how much time you know does she have to reverse it through a lifestyle change and supplementation and when is the time that you know she will need a treatment and she will have to see a dermatologist because this is a very important question like when do i go and explore a treatment firstly like lifestyle modification should be you know the backbone of any patient who is suffering from uh, uh, you know pcos that's very important mm. because even if you take medicines for whole of your life firstly it's not possible secondly mm. even if you're ready to take it then also if there is no uh, discipline in the lifestyle 
and i usually tell my patients if they come with early female pattern hair loss issue i usually tell them to work on their uh, lifestyle firstly and by lifestyle i mean everything they have to work on their diet they have to ensure that what they are taking uh, in supplements is important how they are working out is important how much stress they are taking is important because everything actually directly or indirectly contributes to your pcos so working mm-hmm. on the lifestyle is of course mandatory but if they have like very advanced grade of baldness for example if we you know discuss about female pattern hair loss issue for example it's divided into seven grades ludwig uh, has divided like you know one of mm-hmm. the scientists has divided into mm-hmm. four seven grades okay so basically initial grades it can be improved just with you know uh taking care of your lifestyle taking care of your hair following the routine properly everything but if you're suffering from higher grade then it's a little difficult and sometimes you know medications might be required and i want to share one thing with all my patients see invariably out of like uh, 100 patients i see that is the uh, prp that is a platelet rich plasma solutions very very common uh and we heard this a lot for pcs patients who want to regrow their hair um what is your view about it how does this work so platelet rich plasma has been uh, you know into limelight since last 8 to 10 years basically uh platelets actually are derived from your own blood so basically they uh, take your uh, blood and then they train, uh, you know usually centrifuge it by mm. centrifuging it the platelets which are like you know the blood which is rich in platelet they take that blood and they discard the remaining blood so platelet as you know have the tendency for growth uh, they have a lot of growth factors which is why you know it's being commonly used in hair loss patients also there is data which uh, reveals that you know platelet rich plasma has been shown to be helpful to some patients for sure of course it could vary from person to person as all medical mm-hmm. treatments do but yes there is medical literature which shows that uh, it shows improvement in terms of hair regrowth but when we talk about female pattern hair loss issue holistic approach would be better because you know there sh- we need to also treat the underlying cause that's very important right so mm-hmm. usually what patients do just by listening to platelet rich plasma they just go for it without actually the medical supervision which is actually required because you know the underlying cause needs to be treated for example if a person is having insulin on a higher side insulin resistance so they require medications for uh, you know also they require the lifestyle changes which are important to improve on uh, hyperinsulinemia for mm-hmm. example a person is having uh, fsh and lh imbalances so that needs to be corrected so mm-hmm. of course uh, the prp along with certain supplements along with lotions it's important but yes the underlying cause also needs to be paid due attention to mm-hmm. sure and and what are the results like how long these results last does one need like this treatment every few months or years and can they expect this to be painful so if i talk about the non surgical hair growth booster treatment or prp treatment or any kind of treatment uh, nidhi all treatment are like you know good in providing improvement to the hair but the only thing is like this being uh, you know your hair loss is something which is always uh, 
because of the hormones or it's because of the genetics so which is why maintenance would always be required hmm. so for uh, making sure or making uh, for ensuring that uh, we get the best results out of the treatment uh, maintenance is always required usually we tell the patients to do follow ups and do maintenance treatment once in four months once they get the best of the results in your practice and in your so far the experience you have had uh, and i'm talking specially about pcos cases because that is our conversation of what course. is the best treatment which has the highest success rate in terms of you know getting the solution timely solution i know that we're not looking for like immediate solutions when it comes to hair but what is the best treatment that you suggest uh works with pcos cases very well so nidhi i must have treated like uh, 20 25000 patients with pcos wow uh, who suffer from female pattern hair loss issue and i use uh, the signature treatment the non surgical hair growth booster treatment the good thing about this treatment and how we reach so many patients was because it can be done at the comfort of their own home uh, sometimes you know patients in usa uk all of them to get appointments is a little difficult with the doctor so this has an edge that it can be done at the comfort of home and we have seen like 95% patients have seen a, a great improvement in terms of hair regrowth that has been shown clinical efficacy has been published in the you know american published journals uh, uh, the wille publications which is globally acclaimed and yes it has to be you know uh, accompanied with the right supplements and with the right uh, lotions and of course underlying treatment uh, causes need to be paid due attention to and they need to mm. be rectified absolutely now this is really helpful uh, dr stuti very inquisitive again so um the south asians which is my audience here uh, people yes. who, who are indians or living in different countries do you yes. see the effectiveness of treatments um differ if they live in a different country um what has been your experience you know so far i would like you to share certain cases as well if there's any that you you know feel that if they are living in this country it's easy to get that um you know result or um just very inquisitive yes. to know about that yes so i would say of course uh, all of us have different genetic makeup so of course it can differ from races to races for example south asians they respond very well mm-hmm. <laughs> that is what i've seen amongst my mm-hmm. patients and out of those uh, 25000 patients i have treated majorly all of them are like south asians now uh, could it vary from different climatic conditions at times yes because you know mm-hmm. uh, when we are talking about different climatic condition we are diff- also diff- uh, talking about different type of uh, you know habitat they are living in different type mm. of water atmosphere humidity and everything so of course it mm. definitely has certain role for example people in dubai they tend to have more hair fall the reason being the water is too hot in the gulf mm. countries yeah mm. for example people who are living in california or for that matter those areas are little drier than the other parts of usa so mm. yes it could actually vary from different uh, climatic condition but as such i think with the medications uh, when we talk about the south asian population most of them they respond quicker if i compare them with the caucasian crowd i think the results mm. among the south asian is faster i think we are genetically blessed with great hair mostly if we compare mm-hmm. with the other races 
yeah yeah but interestingly also uh, south asians are more uh, susceptible to pcos if we can, can uh, if you if you compare the other genetics so since now we're talking about pcos uh, we i think it is in our genes uh, to have like the kind of bodies that make us more susceptible to that fat on our bellies can you know that is one of the Nidhi, factors very correct actually south asians are the people who i mean one amongst the five people is one out of five women is suffering from pcos and nowadays it is on a rise we know that the lifestyle has changed we are eating like the western people but not working mm-hmm. out the like the western people that is one of the mm-hmm. important reasons why like you know pcos and other lifestyle diseases are on speak so mm-hmm. yes genetically mm-hmm. we are prone towards uh, all these issues cardiovascular mm-hmm. issues lifestyle issues obesity diabetes mm-hmm. and everything we have it and also the dramatic uh, lifestyle changes is also responsible for it so mm-hmm. yes one factor contributing to the other with the genetic predisposition is one of those reason which is where patients are uh, having all these issues yeah no that's a great point and you know uh, again since we're talking about so many things like we're talking about genetics we're talking about environmental factors climatic conditions age uh, i think i am a perfect example myself who uh, you know who has lived with more than 10 years now with pcos lived in different countries so i have lived in uk i have lived in india i uh, have been you know dealing with pcos for so many years and now i am in the us um what i want to tell people is that you know i have seen my pcos changing and when i say my pcos changing my skin hair everything uh, also is getting affected uh with the good lifestyle um and of course uh, good air obviously um when you live in a country outside india you get to breathe good air <laughs> and and i cannot deny the fact that lifestyle changes can really be the most um you know Agreed. the best the best foundation that Medicines. you can give uh and i have seen my health changing so positively even when i was younger i feel that now i have a much better health because i take care of myself better and people who are you know working night shifts and my heart goes out for them because i have been there myself struggling as a student everybody does right in their younger years uh, it is very difficult so uh, since you know now that if you are in a struggling phase of your career or your life then try to give more attention like you have so much information which there wasn't there when i was struggling earlier correct yeah so take care of yourself and i think there is so much help these days which i feel that people are blessed in the social media world if you take the information cautiously it's actually good for you did to have this uh, uh, you know reminder to you that uh, wherever you are living you know uh, there is a solution and um, uh, reach out for help uh, with the right to the right person okay coming back to since we talked about treatments and prp and your solution i want to quickly uh, you know go on to the supplements part um and um i i do know that you also include a lot of natural supplements what are your best go to supplements which must be a must 
you know, for people with PCOS. And uh, we'll try to cover different countries as well, depending on what molecule we're talking about. But Dr. Stuti, please, please tell us about that. See, the few important molecules as supplements are myoinositol, which mm-hmm. is, you know, very easily available across the globe. Then DHT blockers are important again. So SOP mm-hmm. Alberto, which is not available in India anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, we do have grape seed extracts in India, pumpkin mm-hmm. seed extracts, which are again uh, DHT blocker and easily available. Of course, then zinc, selenium, cobalt, chromium, all these are micronutrients. Like mm-hmm. all the multivitamins, uh, good multivitamins have it. Then, of course, vitamin D, which is again mm-hmm. important. It does not just act as a molecule or a supplement, but it also mm-hmm. acts like a hormone in itself. So vitamin D, vitamin B12, these are important. And amino acids also, the reason being our hair are actually made up of carotene, which is a structural protein. So basically Mm -hmm. amino acids are structural unit of any protein. So amino acids are important again. And of course, then omega-3 fatty acids, because these are like highly uh, unsaturated fatty acids. So these need to be taken and yes, iron is very important because most of the females, they are deficient on uh, iron, so which is, uh, again, important. Yeah, I think th- that's a great list. Um, <clears throat> I feel that uh, what I have seen, though, uh, that 90% of people with PCOS have vitamin D deficiency. And that's in- very correct. That's very yeah. correct. Actually, if I see not just with the, uh, PCOS patient. 90% mm. of the globe, you know, is deficient on vitamin D. Yeah. And yeah. vitamin D affects your skin, affects your hair, affects your cardiovascular, uh, you know, uh, metabolism. It affects your kidneys. So it affects the entire body. So which is where, you know, supplementing it is very important. And very few, few people do it. Even the educated people who know about it, very few people implement it. Yeah, I I think there are several factors of why one, they know, but they would not implement. But uh, this is a reminder to everybody who's listening, you know, get a full checkup of your vitamins for your whole family, not only you, because your vitamin D deficiency, if this makes sense, and if this is something, an urgent thing that I can tell you can increase your insulin resistance. And that can just lead to more problems uh, when it comes to PCOS. So, and even when we talk about supplements, I think certain supplements need to be included as per the levels that you are having. So some very people may important. have- Very important. Very, you know, some people have single digits of vitamin D and uh, B12 running in less than That's 100. Sad. That's yeah. sad actually. You know, uh, I just saw a female uh, maybe two weeks back and she said that, you know, I've been on so many treatment, doctor, nothing is working. And I just asked her, do you have your blood reports with me? And she said, yes, I'll send it across to you. And I saw the vitamin B12 level. It was 89. I said, madam, uh, why are you not on vitamin B12 supplements? She said, nobody mm-hmm. told me. So yeah. I was just surprised that she had been to so many doctors, so many GPs and everyone. And she was not on vitamin B12. Yeah. She had taken so many treatment, TRPs, this, that, like growth factors, everything. So which is why I tell all my patients, see, you have to, you know, treat the underlying cause. Until mm. unless you treat the underlying cause, no treatments would work for you. So which is where you need to get hold of a dermatologist or a doctor who can understand your concerns very well. 
it is good to have that long uh, consultation wherein you know everything can be checked and the patient should not shy away from doing the blood investigation that is one good thing which is happening with the millennials that they are very cautious about their hair they cautious yeah. about their health they tell me upfront doctor get all the blood investigations earlier with uh, like you know treating the older generation even doctors had that had to refrain from writing uh, many blood investigations they had to be very judicious but nowadays hmm. like you know people are so much informed well informed and thankful to people like you nidhi because you what you are doing is great it is helping so many lakhs people actually so it's so good that you are one of those instrumental people in connecting the dots actually because when people come to the doctor of course like you know giving them that 2 hours knowledge in that 15 minutes consultation is just not possible Absolutely. so when they have the right information it is very uh, i would say it's a pleasure meeting such patients who are very well informed because you know they are ready for uh, the blood investigation they know what to take they don't know what not to take so it's great mm. that we have such people and mm. uh, yes blood investigations are very important especially vitamin d as we discussed vitamin b12 as we discussed in fact people bleed really heavy like they might have iron deficiency as you know dr skuti already yes. pointed out and if you're living in a country which is not as friendly as india by the way where you can just order your test online um you can if you can you know in uh, countries like uk and us now you have these kind of companies who help you uh, order your own tests so just google and if you're not able wow. to find yes so if you're not able to get a uh, appointment uh, on nhs if you're in uk or in us you are not able to get an appointment which i know is very difficult and it's very difficult to order some tests because you don't know what kind of experience you will get which i have understood uh, in living in us as well uh, order your test online and then you can produce that result and you know um, get uh, an online consultation so there are various solutions if you look for it wow nidhi you are helping and enlightening so many people because these few few points even my patients they used to really struggle in us and uk getting the blood investigations even i didn't know that uh, these facilities are available nowadays and it would be helpful for so many patients so whatever you're doing is like beyond amazing <laughs> that uh, <laughs> you have the right information and you're sharing your information guys it's very uh, grateful uh, we should be really grateful to her for uh, sharing all these precious information because she rightly said that 10 years back when people had pcos there was nobody to you know impart this these kind of important information and this kind of uh, right knowledge so social media is actually very helpful in uh, spreading the awareness and people are getting the best of information so that you know they can understand their body better they can understand their health better uh, i feel that you know pcos um, can really like smash your confidence your self esteem because you know the hair uh, you are growing your hair where you don't want it and you're losing your hair where you really want it <laughs> and nidhi uh, there are patients who come to me and they cry they bring their old photographs uh, i met a beautiful lady yesterday and she had great hair you know she was known for her hair she told me doctor you know in my entire friend circle i used to be known for my hair 
now losing those precious hair like people when they see me they don't ask me how i am they just ask me kya hua what happened to your hair that is the first question they asked uh, they ask her so it's like you know she is lo- losing her identity because she was known for her hair and now because she is losing her hair she is losing her identity too no i completely agree and people who are listening to me and you know if you relate to this conversation uh, you know i have personally uh, spoken to a lot of uh women who have now resorted to wearing wigs as well and which i feel is you know uh there's there is a process when you start to you know accept a, a situation there will be a lot of denial that no this cannot be it it will get better but there are people who have accepted it and they use wigs uh, or some kind of coverage uh the reason why i speak about it is that wherever you are in your journey uh don't lose hope uh, and while you do that um you know trying to accept this problem uh find solutions that can really help you build that confidence there is no problem wearing a coverage or a wig for some time while you're going through the treatment and maybe in few months you will see that coming back but whatever you have to do to get that confidence back get it because the solutions and options that you have in this world we are lucky to have that and don't feel alone because there are many people like you so um i my heart goes out for everybody who's going through a really tough time uh with their hair because we know hair is one of the most important things that you know we care about as women but uh hang in there um uh i i hope it gets better for you uh last segment as we speak about you know hair treatments and hair loss dr stuti there are a lot of topical uh, treatments that are available like redencil uh, and other such uh, similar options uh, what what is your view about these treatments yes redencil is a good molecule and then there is capixil also though i don't recommend minoxidil for my female patients the reason being as soon as you stop it there could be rebound hair fall and i've seen females you know getting to worse after you know stopping minoxidil so all of these molecules uh, have their own limitations and of course they are uh, good in treating you but uh, of course medical supervision is required and uh, as i said like you know such molecules like uh, redencil capixil so many botanicals are also available nowadays mm-hmm. which are actually herbal and hmm. they've been used so in dermatology especially for hair growth and alopecia they've been giving very consistent results so yes hmm. uh, we can rely on them they are safe they are effective okay so minoxidil is something that we have to be careful about because it can have a lot of side effects and you mentioned that redencil yes uh, yes so like if it... you have to go for the safer options then of course redencil is a very common molecule uh usually there are very less side effects except that if you're pregnant or planning for a pregnancy that time you should avoid it but in general um, apart from pregnancy and lactation it is usually safe the good thing is when you stop it the hair would uh, not shed off unlike uh, minoxidil okay that's that's really but good but again uh, it's important to understand that you know the underlying cause needs to be treated yeah. if you're having like very high grade of baldness perhaps it wouldn't work as effectively how it could work in the very early female pattern hair loss issue it's like you know one molecule or one supplement wouldn't be enough to treat your uh, pcos related hair loss issue there has to be a holistic approach in treating it 
Absolutely. I think this is so important because I see a lot of people saying that, oh, I've been oiling my hair and I've been doing uh, these Ayurvedic treatments. But as we spoke, that if your vitamin D is very low or if you're having some other existing issues in your hormones, then it might not work. So we have to bring everything together. What is uh, relevant for your case? So that's really important. In a minute, I'm going to talk also about um, postpartum and, you know, PCOS journey briefly. But before that, uh, Dr. Stuti, what's your take on collagen, uh, biotin, which are very heavily marketed for uh, hair growth? Uh, What's your view of that? Yes, all these molecules are good. Like, for example, collagen is a wonderful molecule. Collagen is good for your not just for your hair, but also for your skin, your joints, for your uh, metabolism. All these molecules are really good. When I talk about uh, collagen as a single molecule for improving hair, alone, it doesn't have the ability actually to improve, uh, you know, the hair growth. Because, you know, there are so many micronutrients which are involved in hair growth and so many coenzymes which are involved in the hair cycle. So, yes, uh, collagen is important in building the thickness of the hair molecule, which is why it is very popular these days. But make sure you also take your multivitamin supplements and treat your underlying cause, which is equally Mm. important. When we talk about biotin, biotin is the commonest molecule. And I think in the uh, trichology industry, most of the supplements have biotin. Of course, it is very important to take biotin. And most of the multivitamins have it. And as I said, like, you know, along with biotin, the other trace elements, micronutrients and coenzymes are equally important. So when I'm talking about the supplements, I'm again and again emphasizing that one supplement wouldn't be enough. It Mm. has to be like, you know, the combination of the supplements which are important. So there are so many molecules which are there in the hair cycle. Basically, the growth of hair involves like a cycle of eight weeks. And in those, uh, in that hair cycle, there are various trace elements, molecules, micronutrients, supplements which are there. So which is why uh, it is important to understand that we need to consume uh, those supplements uh, holistically, not just one rely on one molecule to do wonders for our hair. Yeah, that's super important. Thank you for highlighting that, Dr. Stuti. Uh, coming on to the uh, almost the last segment is, you know, dealing with postpartum uh, hair loss. Uh, and especially when you have PCOS and a history of PCOS. Are there any specific uh, tips that you would like to share for sure. these people? Yeah. So all of us know that after two, three months of uh, uh, delivering it's very common to lose hair and one thing all my PCOS patients tell me that during the pregnancy their hair were much better than uh, what yeah. they usually have so yeah. like they get very happy during the pregnancy that the hair is improving and suddenly they start losing the hair again so it's like losing the confidence again so yes when you know that you have PCOS uh, related hair loss issue and uh, postpartum you have to plan you know uh, in your pregnancy itself you should start taking proper care make sure that you are taking right the right supplements although in pregnancy most of the supplements are not allowed 
whatever are allowed you should definitely take your calcium your iron everything needs to be taken properly and after pregnancy immediately after pregnancy start taking the supplements there are many uh, lactation safe uh, supplements which are available which don't have the molecules which could actually affect the lactation so those supplements can definitely be added along with the you know diet which is rich in iron calcium and uh, micronutrients so yes start taking care uh, in uh, the postpartum phase and make sure that you know it's very common even if you take the supplements it's very common for females to lose hair during that phase so which is why uh, you know uh, taking the help of a dermatologist if in case you are losing too much hair like more than 100 then you should definitely seek the consultation of a dermatologist 95% females when they lose hair during the postpartum phase they regrow back again yeah because mm. this is very acute telogen effluvium we call it mm. acute telogen effluvium in the sense it is acute hair loss which is uh, like you know common after the pregnancy but whatever hair you shed off usually it you know comes back after 3 to 4 months again so most of the times patients don't have to be worried about it occasionally mm. and rarely amongst 5% females even though they have pcos or even if they don't have pcos for that matter they tend to have that perennial hair fall issue and that is called as chronic telogen effluvium so the body mm. gets you know uh, confused and it tends to lose hair perennially it doesn't stop at all so patients they say that you know after pregnancy it's been 2 3 years and i have been shedding hair so i asked them why did they not pay attention to it earlier they said like you know after losing uh, hair uh, in after pregnancy it's common that is why they didn't uh, you know go, uh, thought to come to the doctor patients should know that if you're losing hair even after one year of your uh, postpartum then you should definitely seek opinion from a dermatologist and you should definitely consult because mm-hmm. losing hair after one year is not actually common and that shows that you are maybe under a cycle of uh, chronic telogen effluvium or con- chronic hair loss and that is why it needs to be treated well it needs to be rectified just don't rely on you know the home remedies when it is beyond one year you have to get yourself treated get your blood investigations as how we have discussed and yeah. yes proper supplementation also yeah i think time is a really big factor when it comes to getting the right results and if you feel that you have given everything uh, that you can and now it's still not working then please see dr smriti last question so what has been your experience treating people post covid hair loss i think that must yeah. be a big big a uh, problem that you must have uh, you know seen in your patients uh, and we have seen a lot of complaints after covid uh, what's been your experience yes nidhi so like i might have treated thousands of patients post covid illness issue and i remember the covid days when uh, you know um, i was seeing like 100 plus patients online every day because post covid hair fall was oh, so gosh. much real actually yeah so much real actually so you know patients uh, used to come with those bundles of hair some patients female mm. patients came with that polythene full of like hair balls and all and uh, i gave them supplements and within 3 months they were sorted so mm. it's like most of the times it was not just the medicine treatment and everything that had given them sometimes you know what happens acute telogen refluvium that patients witness even during the postpartum days it actually is uh, it resolves uh, by itself it is self resolving in most of the cases after 3 months mm. the hair shedding would completely stop and even the hair which have completely shedded 
usually they regrow but occasionally it doesn't uh, regrows by itself and that is why wherein the efforts are required supplementation is required amino acids are required uh, seeking the help of the professional is required right. so yes post covid hair fall is mm-hmm. very common and patients who never had female pattern hair loss issue also they started developing uh, this type of hair loss issue only after covid so out of the 10 females that i'm seeing these days one would definitely give the history of post covid hair loss issue which is very much right. uh, real actually <laughs> yeah yeah no i think with all this conversation today what i understand is that your hair health uh is not just existing by itself it Correct. is a result of good nutrition your lifestyle the stress factors your immunity uh, your gut health and um, you will not only see uh, you know a good health coming out of all of these factors in your hair only but your period health as well so i feel that as i always say that as women we have an advantage of understanding our health every month because the month that you lose your period you know that there's something which is wrong and i True. need to address it True. uh so so uh, you should definitely take uh, also, you know this yeah also nidhi i would say like you know externally we are seeing the hair so it is the internal reflection of your body because you don't see your heart kidney liver but you see your hair so hair shedding also tells you what is going inside your body if something is like you know shedding of continuously and perennially so definitely the internal metabolism is also affected so that is the red signal when you should start paying attention to your body the hair shedding is actually the external mirror that is what i can say <laughs> the internal yeah. reflection of your body <laughs> absolutely and uh, i must say that you have very beautiful hair purposely <laughs> i keep seeing on the videos thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, you know i really appreciate uh, the time that you gave today i think it was a very wonderful conversation and i hope everybody who's listening uh, were able to get a lot of answers to your questions and if you do have more questions feel free to send me a dm on my instagram and uh, do check out uh, dr stuti khare's uh, profile and i'll link it everything on the show description and you can check that out but um, uh, do follow and subscribe to the channel and ask any questions that you have uh, and any recommendations of the future episodes that you'd like me to cover thank you so much nidhi that you've been an amazing influencer helping so many people building a society of uh, sisters who are having pcos and helping so many lives so kudos to you and uh, salute to you for being so proactive with your work and i see that you have great knowledge great insight and great information amazing thank you so much dr stuti it means a lot and um, with that we're going to conclude today's session and until i meet you in the next episode remember to be strong